welcome, it's indisputable, good to be with you. I'm your host Rashad Ritchie. We have a lot of show today, breaking down news of the day. Dina Dahl, attorney at law and analyst, legal analyst will give us the legal angle of many of these stories. Also in the bullpen, my debate segment, I will have Alexander Salter, economics professor and co-author of Money and the Rule of Law, Comparative Economics Research Fellow, Free Market Institute. Should be quite interesting to chop it up about economics and money, all right? Top story of the day, one of the people who killed, brutally killed Ahmad Aubrey would like special treatment. Let me give you some background. Let's put up the picture of the killer, one of the killers. His name is Travis Michael. Let's put his picture up, there he is, Mr. Michael. He's one of the individuals who killed Ahmad Aubrey. For those of you who may not remember what happened, let me take you back to that tragedy down in South Georgia. Michael and his son Travis, who shot Aubrey twice with a shotgun before the 25 year old collapsed and died. Okay, all right, so you saw that sad, horrific, right? It was a murder. They chased him down and killed him, he was jogging. Now, Travis McMichael, one of those killers, he would like special treatment. One of the men accused of chasing and murdering Ahmad Aubrey is fighting to ban certain photo evidence from his upcoming trial. Now get this, Travis McMichael and his attorneys have requested that the court ban a photo of his old Georgia flag theme vanity license plate, which includes a Confederate emblem. Let's show a picture of the truck with the Confederate emblem they would like to suppress. Now this was the vehicle they used to kill Mr. Arbery as he was simply jogging in a white community. They wanna ban this. Let me show you a picture of what this looks like up close. Here it is. They wanna ban that, keep that up there because this is contrary to what they've told us this was. I mean, those who support the Confederate flag and Confederate symbols and emblems, they have always told us this is about heritage, not racism. This is about history, not bigotry. That's what they have told us. So what's the problem? This is your history, right? This is part of your heritage, correct? Why ban it? Because you know good and damn well what it was truly about. And you know that members of the jury would know good and damn well what you are about when they see this emblem also. Prosecutors say Aubrey was merely jogging on in February when the father and son duo Gregory and Travis McMichael armed themselves and chased the young Aubrey in a pickup truck in their neighborhood just outside the port city of Brunswick, about 70 miles south of Savannah. A neighbor joined the chase, William Roddy Bryan, took cell phone video that showed Travis McMichael fatally shooting Aubrey as he threw punches and grabbed for McMichael's shotgun. Aubrey was unarmed when he was killed by three shotgun blast at close range. 
He actually tried to get away from these guys. Now, some people are giving credit to William Roddy Bryan, saying that he's the reason that this case broke wide open. And he should be given some credit for taking the video. You do realize he was recording so that those sick SOBs could continue reviewing what they did to this young black male. That's what he was there for. Attorney, what are your thoughts here? Are they going to be able to suppress the fact that he had this emblem on his truck when committing the murder? You know, I have been following this case and it's scheduled to go to trial October 18th. Now, the, sometimes the most important part of a trial is these pre-trial motions because that depends on what evidence goes in. So it's very important this motion and, and we're gonna see some others before the 18th. There, what his defense argues is that this is too prejudicial, that this is too inflammatory. You know, in the United States, we don't put people on trial for being bad people, and that this is what this evidence shows. But the prosecutors are going to say and have said that this is actually more probative. It is irrelevant information because they are claiming self-defense, and the prosecutors are saying no. He intended to kill him because of his race, and this evidence goes directly to intent. But that's what the judge is gonna weigh, probative versus prejudicial. I think the determining factor will be the fact that this truck was at the crime scene. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it was part of the crime. If it had been parked at home, probably he may not have let this in. But because it was there, I think the judge will allow this in. You know, in my evidence class in law school, I'm remembering probative versus prejudicial and how a judge has a lot of latitude as to what they weigh when making these decisions. I do believe based on that probative versus prejudicial value structure created by a judge basically, that the truck is there on the scene. So no need to ban or block what was on the truck. I think it's a different story attorney. If we're talking about going to his home and he has a bunch of Confederate symbols there, then maybe you're on the other side of that probative versus prejudicial. But this was actually at the scene of the murder. All right. I agree. Yes, I agree. We got another story, really interesting fella here. Remember when I told you about the data hack and Oath Keepers, the far right extremist group subscribes to white supremacy ideology, that group. Well, the hack revealed that a bunch of active federal government workers, state government workers, members of law enforcement are members of this group. Let me bring your attention to one sheriff in California. This sheriff has acknowledged, yes, I am part of the group, but he has an excuse. You won't believe what the excuse is. Let's put up a picture of the Riverside County Sheriff. Chad Bianco was a dues paying member of the Oath Keepers in 2014. An affiliation he acknowledges and makes no apologies for despite the group's reputation as a militia of anti-government extremist, okay? He has no problem, yep, he's a member, he paid his dues, he gets exposed. But here's what he says, he says he forgot. Oh, completely forgot I was a member of this group, completely forgot I wrote them checks. I forgot about all of this. Let me give you some background to this sheriff. Members of the Oath Keepers allegedly played a role 
in the storming of the nation's capital during the stop the steal terrorist attack. Bianco, however, defended the group as pro-constitution. Now remember, these guys committed an act of domestic terrorism. They have been arrested, charged, currently many of them are being investigated. He says it was actually pro-constitution, pro-freedom, an organization mislabeled by the FBI and mainstream media. So he blames the mainstream media and the FBI for these criminals trying to overthrow American democracy, stop the certification of the electoral process, which is by the way a constitutional mandate. It's quite interesting to me that you can be or call yourself pro-constitution and you are literally siding with a group of people who are antithetical to the constitutional process. But I digress, he has been an outspoken critic of COVID-19 vaccine mandates, mask mandates and business restrictions since the pandemic forced statewide business closures in March of 2020. Last month, this sheriff said he would not require his employees or job applicants to be vaccinated. That's against the COVID-19 state public health order. Wow, in violation of administrative law. In a telephone interview with the Southern California News Group, the sheriff said he forgot all about his affiliation with the Oath Keepers until the data breach of its website and publicity surrounding his involvement with the organization jarred his memory. This is dangerous. You know, a sheriff is a constitutional authority. And sheriffs have significant rights, abilities, protections under the law given to them by their state constitution. Now, this sheriff is openly against the constitution because he supports those who are as well. And he has no problem with it, he is loud, proud, and yes, he joins the cast of Fox News on occasion. Um, attorney, this sheriff is in violation of administrative law, but it's not really much they can do to him, right? Right, and you know, it's really important to know he is an elected official. He mm -hmm. was just elected in 2018. So voting matters in local elections, not just president, not just Congress, but local elections matter as well. So it's really disturbing how his statements double down. You know, it's not just the fact that he was a member years ago. You know, he said that there was a few. People that day, you know, that went into the Capitol. We know 600 people have been arrested, so that's not true. As a law enforcement agency agent, to be so mischaracterized, what happened is disturbing. And he also says he's the last stand against a tyrannical government, which we saw by him not following the public health orders. So what can people do? They can follow their local elections. They can vote. You know, I mean, it's it's. A bigger picture here. People have to wake up to the fact that you know democracy here. We are in a fight for democracy, and we yep. need to take every action we can to keep it. Farewell said. Another fight in democracy, Attorney Dahl, is the reality of local school boards making common sense decisions about mask mandate protocols. Uh, just as they make common sense decisions about um, dress attire, right? It's called a dress code um, or common sense decisions as it relates to teachers and the credentialing they need in order to teach. School boards can do this under their administrative law provision. Well, there's one person who says that 
school teachers and staff members, they're actually committing um, child abuse. They are, according to her, trafficking children or should be compared to human trafficking and they should die. Here's the video. Jennifer Bissett, Minot, I have three kids in them, two in the high school, one in middle school. According to DHS.gov, human trafficking involves the use of force, fraud, and coercion to obtain some type of labor or commercial sex act. Is it possible that for RSU 16, it is for political agenda and financial gain? I feel like we have talked about finances and where that money went to. It says here in DHS.gov, the trauma caused by the traffickers can be so great that many may not identify themselves as victims or ask for help even in highly public settings. Is that what RSU 16 has come down to? Or did you not realize that your actions are similar to child predators? It is evident that your actions are similar to child predators. What will you do now? I encourage you to strongly assess the decisions that have been made here today. You are either protecting our children or human trafficking them. Who are you, a trafficker or a predator? And I will quote from the Bible, Matthew 18, 6. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. You are responsible for you know, people say wacky things all the time. I'm not really concerned about the wacky comment here or there. I'm concerned about the round of applause these wacky people are now receiving on a regular basis. So this woman has compared, and this is in Maine, by the way, Poland, Maine. This woman has compared a mask protocol to child abuse, to being a child predator and to child sex trafficking. I work with a number of organizations that fight to combat the evil of child sex trafficking in the United States and beyond. It is a damn shame that this woman would politicize that matter for the sake of her ridiculous and insane misguided political point. Let me give you some background. After rejecting four other options, the regional school unit 16's board of directors agreed to require everybody at its three elementary schools to wear a mask when students return to class. Real simple, okay? School systems can do this. The move followed a lengthy debate about whether the three town district should mandate the use of masks either by everyone or only for those who are not yet vaccinated, or if the decision should be left entirely in the hands of parents and students. Okay, that's an authentic debate, no problem. The superintendent, however, let's put up his picture, Kenneth Healy. The superintendent plan did not include a mask mandate for anyone. He's contrary to what the city would like to see. He said he strongly urged people who are not vaccinated to wear one, but thought it best to let parents decide if they want to follow the recommendations of health experts or not. But once again, political agreement, political disagreement, civil disagreement, ending in somebody literally accusing civil servants of being child predators. How does this connect? I have I have not seen 
this kind of vitriol over a simple administrative mandate in my lifetime. Attorney, have you ever seen anything like this before? No, and I don't understand why this isn't being directed at the epidemic of school mm. shootings. We had yet another on. one today and the That's trauma right. and public health emergency it is. Our students are less safe than they were in distance learning and definitely less safe than dealing with masks. And yet we don't hear this kind of energy and that is a failing yet again on our children. And like you said, it is a total minimization of the real problem of human trafficking. Ohio just had their one of their largest stings ever. It is a real problem that somehow has gotten co-opted from this QAnon type belief. And it's again, very disturbing. I agree that clapping is almost worse than even what she said because that means that there is a group of people who somehow are going to equate wearing masks with predators. And that is something we should never minimize children right. predators. We don't focus on it actually enough in this country and we should never minimize it like this. You know, my question is, where was the zeal of these parents? when mass shootings took place in school buildings. Children were outraged, they protested, they left the classroom. They did national protests, local protests. The parents told them it's not worthy of protest, don't politicize it. This is not the time to talk about it. We should not change the law because of it. What happened to the zeal of these parents when children were being bullied? Where were they? Nowhere to be found whatsoever. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable. We have a lot of viewer comments. Before I go to those viewer comments, let me remind everyone, we have been nominated in the Atlanta Magazine Best of Series for Best TV Anchor. You can vote until October 11th, you can vote once a day. Per the rules, real simple, we'd love for you to support us. TYT.com forward slash Rashad, TYT.com forward slash R-A-S-H-A-D. Type in my name, Rashad Ritchie, and voila, you have voted, okay? All right, also, don't forget, Senator Nina Turner joins me right here on Indisputable. That is tomorrow, make sure you tune in. And the conversation, tune in as Senator Nina Turner interviews author, educator and activist Bill McKibben and founding editor of the Daily Poster, David Sirota. All right, make that happen. We got a lot on the agenda coming up this week. All right, TYT member Ocom's Taser, Ocom's Taser. I'm sure he just pays dues for the free t-shirt at Gym Access. <laughs> and I looked at their website. Listen, their dues are not cheap, okay? All right, Lynn. They always have to tie everything to child predators. You know, they they tie everything to everything, right? These are the same people that are anti-critical race theory, but for their argument, they will talk about elements of critical race theory, such as the movement for Black Lives in the '60s, the Civil Rights Movement. Right? They want to compare their struggle to that struggle while denying the origin of the struggle. It's insane. Okay, um, parents using their kids and 
everyone else's kids as political pawns should be guilty of child abuse. I'm not being hyperbolic for once. All right, the great American health care famine. Unbelievable comparison from that woman. She has been so gaslit. Meanwhile, the first graders are killed in Newtown, Connecticut, would be in high school now. We live in a failed state. Marley Meadows Sanctuary. Oh, so now he's not proud of the Confederate flag. First degree murder and also a hate crime. For Primus or Primus, if you are proud of your Southern heritage, don't throw it away now. Yeah, Peter Hamby, mark of slavery, heritage of pure hatred, past relives itself from the Haku Dragon. Thank you for that. Um, Jonathan Andrasek, I think, government employee, part of an anti-government group, huh? Exactly. Kimberly McAllister, I am so sick of hearing Christians use the Bible wrongly to justify their actions and beliefs. Imagine how people who were enslaved felt, yeah. Uh, Twitch, they're proud of their hatred and racism until it can be used against them, exactly. Yeetwood Mac, if it was too inflammatory, then maybe he shouldn't have put it on his car. Yeah, uh, Fidelinero, why would he be apologetic? They're proud of their association with other bigot patriots, yeah. Uh, Phoenix 32778, this is crazy. If these zealots would have as much effort into protecting their kids from being shot in schools, we would have better gun laws, etc. Absolutely would, 100% right on that. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. That's very nice. Don't you have a child in the car? Yeah, and I'm showing them what people are, you are doing, it's wrong. Wow, look at that, look at that. So you guys could easily back up now. spoke with you, someone came up to speak with you. Someone even told you, don't worry, we're gonna post this on YouTube so everybody could see. Wow. Wow, unbelievable, no respect at all. Yeah. You come near me. I'm, I'm not coming near you. I'm, I'm not coming near you. Then get your camera out of my face. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to your. You have lots of respect. Oh, go back to my country. Go back to my country. Go back to my country. I am in my country. I never said anything to you. <laughs> There were actually two Karens here. Uh, the first Karen started talking jazz initially. And then once it was revealed that mama Karen was racist, all of a sudden she rolls down her window and says, I didn't say anything to you. That's a damn lie. Well, we got the video. You were the first person that said something uh, to this individual. Uh, this happened in Pittsburgh. And according to the narrative, uh, this mother daughter Karen duo, uh, they decided to break into a line at McDonald's. Okay, and the guy started recording. Well, they were upset, I guess, very offended that this recording had taken place. And they knew what they did. They knew what they did was wrong. They knew it was an insertion of privilege. But then it goes racist. Go back to your country. 
this Karen says, because she owns America. You know, all Karens believe they own America, and it comes out in various ways. Um, really interesting stuff. Attorney, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I love the fact that he kind of gets out of his car um, just because I'm really sensitive to how male female interactions are. But it absolutely does not mean that she should have said something like that. And the reason why it's so important because hey, you know, people can be kind of like awful people and say things is when we were talking about the Oath Keepers, it's this belief that mm. they own this country and people who do not look like them do not belong here and it justifies them from taking all sorts of actions including, you know, the attack on our capital on January 6th. And that's why what her statement says is really so bad. I wish people would get out of the conversation, take the narrative away, um, talking about, oh, this is my country. Well, and, and typically coming from, um, especially a white woman, a white male, you know, their ancestors were the biggest thieves known to the planet as far as stealing land. Um, I, I find it really ironic that that's still part of the narrative that they say to others. When we know one thing for sure, uh, their ancestors did not come from here. Doesn't that seem ironic to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we are clearly a country of immigrants, and it, it's so clear that it's really just how you look, mm. right? I mean, yep. he doesn't. Actually, it doesn't even sound like he has an accent. So it's really based on how he looks. And you know, this is what I think. When you look around, you know, you know, when I'm out on the street, there are so many variations of colors of people. And these types of Karens who base it on if you are white enough, that's how you belong in this country. You're fading away. This is you know, you can only hold on to this view for so long because it's, it's gonna be gone. We yeah. are a melting pot and we're gonna look like that. Yeah, did you have a mean bus driver when you were in school, attorney? Did you have a mean bus driver or was your bus driver nice? You know, I, I pretty much was able to walk to school. So I don't think I had a mean one. All right, so I had some mean bus drivers. I had some nice bus drivers. Uh, the nicest one, her name uh, was Mrs. Bridges. She was sweet as pie. Now, I had some mean ones too. But compared to this one, my mean bus drivers were Mary Poppins. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're my friend. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. This bus driver makes my kids cry every day. Go ahead. I love you. Have a good day. Please don't yell at my kids today. I don't yell at your kids. Yeah, you do. You're not going to talk. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I'm asking you not to yell at my kids. How dare you tell yeah. me not to yell at your kids? Yes, they cry every day. Yeah. I can't hear you. And how now did she flip me off? And then she flips off the parent, right? Of course, she yells at the kids. Now, the reason why I wanted to highlight this particular Karen is because this is extremely dangerous. If those kids are coming home every day crying, crying because of a mean ass bus driver 
that's adversely impacting their social and psychological development. The mother was completely right to say something, to acknowledge that she is aware of it. And then what does the bus driver do? Continue in the same action that she says she does not do. This is a dangerous part of the ecosystem of education, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't talk about it enough, but when you have adults around kids, especially very young kids like this, who act in this way, kids will internalize the emotional damage. They will cry to their parents and feel as if they are doing something wrong every single day of their lives. Attorney, what are your thoughts here? You know, I agree. How adults, teachers, staff treat children absolutely defines actually their whole educational experience. I mean, a bad bus drive to school, you know, that child might feel off the rest of the day. It's so important how we treat our children. It is true that right now there's a scarcity of bus drivers because nobody wants to drive a car, you know, full of unvaccinated children because they're mm. too young. So I imagine this driver, even after her outburst, which shows that she was really a short-tempered the way she reacted, probably won't get fired because they're desperate for for bus drivers, and it's possible she's never interacted with children before, but they hired her anyway because they needed a driver. You know, what did it for me, it wasn't even her tone, all right? Her tone was obviously inappropriate, but when she told the parent to shut your mouth. Okay, so now you want me to believe that you don't talk to children this way or even worse, right? Mm -hmm. You're not making a good case for yourself here, lady. But you, you, you make a great point because what we've seen in industry, in education, is the reality of COVID. That COVID has created some nuance here that we have to deal with that, that under a normal circumstance, we will say, listen, we have a backlog of individuals who actually wanna drive buses now. That's completely the opposite. Yeah, yeah. so we're gonna continue to follow <laughs> the Karens across the world, but while we, we can, you know, provide some tongue and cheek commentary. I wanted to impress upon everyone that the development of young children, especially children that age, that young, is really important that the atmosphere around them continues to be conducive to decency, to fairness, transparency, honesty, good behavior. Because without that, once again, they will internalize and sometimes even start mimicking the behavior of adults. One thing I've learned about young people over the years of being a youth mentor, a school teacher, and even a college professor is that young minds are always learning. They're always learning. They may not always listen, but they're always learning, all right? All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable, a lot on the agenda. Let me read some of these amazing comments. YouTube Super Chat says, Kiki off 05. <clears throat> I know I said that wrong, I apologize in advance. Uh, it's always funny when Karen's walk up and say, get out of my face. That's another thing, remember we're keeping a book here of Karenicity. So that's another one we need to put in the book, that they will walk up into your face and say, get out of my face. All right, good observation. Raph Smalls, 
I don't understand how white America thinks they own America when they've taken everything from every ethnic background and called it their own. Wow. Yep. A TOT member, HR Hat the second and I think Danion. Mama Bear got a talking, got a talking to on the way home from Lil Cubby. <laughs> Lynn, how awful it must be for those students to wake up to only dread starting their school day on the bus. I just can't imagine that, but it happens. It happens and it's extremely unfortunate. Okay, Gucci Mane, she's the South Park bus driver. That's who she reminded me of. I said, I've seen that lady somewhere before. And you're right, it was on South Park. Okay, Charles Lee, Joseph Massey III, I was a school bus driver in the 80s and 90s. We never spoke to parents like that, even if they were yelling at us. The county needs to fire her ASAP. She's emotionally harming those children, and she is. Uh, Trudy, thank you, Trudy Lawrence. Um, yeah, Trudy Lawrence all over the place. Instead of two segments, we have a double dose of Karen's one incident. I know, you really got triple Karenicity today. I apologize in advance, okay? C3339409, thank you. The whole show is, I wish a Karen would. No, 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 not the whole show. <laughs> Twitch, Rhino Lock. Uh, two for the price of one. Yep, J.D. Smith died. Uh, this is gonna be hard. Digiartist. Uh, people do love McDonald's French fries. Can't love them that damn much. Um, okay. All right. We got more. Very sad story. Extremely sad story. A black male told these officers, I can't breathe, 29 damn times. 20, just imagine that, 29 times I can't breathe. And what do you think happens to him? He dies, here's the video. He was having a medical seizure, okay? Let's put up a picture of the man they killed. His name is John Neville. A lawsuit has now been filed by the family of the man who died following his detention in a North Carolina jail. The jail staff is to blame. Security video of the jail staffers pinning the man to the point of suffocation was posted online. This is such a difficult story, okay? But I want you to be, be reminded that this man said, I can't breathe 29 times. And one of the officers is heard saying, basically, well, 
If you couldn't breathe, you couldn't say I can't breathe. Well, people say I can't breathe, damn it, believe them. What they're saying is I can't breathe well. I can't breathe freely. You're suffocating me, I'm dying. Neville was on the floor in a seizure like state, sweating, had blood in his mouth. He became agitated as a nurse tried to take his blood pressure and cried out and officers tried to restrain him using their body weight. A spit mask was placed over Neville's face and he was transferred to another room in a restraint chair in the observation cell. He was pinned to the mattress and restrained by five officers as you saw as he pleaded for help and repeated, I can't breathe. The lawsuit alleges an hour passed between when Neville displayed signs of medical emergency and when he was taken to the hospital. A district attorney announced last year that Neville died of brain injury due to positional and compressional asphyxia during the prone restraint, okay? They killed him. Let's put up a picture of these killers. Those are your killers. Former detention officers, Lavette Maria Williams, Edward Joseph Rossell, Sarah Elizabeth Poole, Christopher Brian Stamper, Antonio Maurice Woodley, and the person that took an oath to provide medical care, Michelle Hugens, all named as defendants. The five officers and nurses have all been charged with involuntary manslaughter in the death of this man that told them 29 times, you are killing me, you are killing me, I can't breathe. Not one of them, think about this, not one of them said, wait a minute guys, let's back up here. Let's give him some space here. Nobody treated him like a human being. Put up the pictures again. I want you to notice everybody up here, they're not white. Put up the pictures. You see, this is called systemic. You have adopted the narrative of your historic oppressor. You are now carrying out the will of those who don't give a damn about black bodies. You got two black folks right here. They didn't give a damn about that black body either. They all can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. Attorney, the man told them 29 times, I can't breathe. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's incredibly hard to watch that video. And I can't imagine actually being there when he's saying that. And that does display the callousness that the lawsuit is alleging. And I think there was about an hour before he even received medical attention. I think this lawsuit is very strong. I mean, this is so similar to how George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. This man was killed December 2019, so a few months prior to that. But as we see, George Floyd's family received about a $27 million settlement. I imagine they will also receive a settlement. The, the, the factual um, is so similar. He was in the jail, first of all, so they know they you know, had no weapons. He was no real threat. And how they handled a medical seizure, as you say, you know, clearly there's liability on this point. I think they also have criminal charges, like you said, involuntary manslaughter. 
from what we can see so far, I think those are also maybe likely to stick for them as well as they should. This is really a very tragic and awful thing to witness and to see. Yeah, and once again, where was he going? He was inside of a cell precisely designed to make sure nobody can go anywhere nor hurt themselves. That's the cell he was in, where was he going? If everybody would have just stepped out and allowed the brother to calm down, he would be alive today. Maybe uncomfortable in that lonely state, but he would be alive today. They didn't even follow protocol of their own department. Okay. Um, there's been a rise, ladies and gentlemen, of anti-carers. We've been highlighting those on this show. I think it is an important element of our society. Here's another Karen. Are you? Okay. All right. This Karen at a hospital got into another woman's face. Uh, this was in um, in a hospital room, uh, waiting area, lobby area. And then this happened, anti-Karen comes. You scream at an employee's Walmart, get out of here. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. This has been floating around social media, has already gone viral. And because I have covered so many Karens today, you had a double dose of Karen, and then one of those Karens, you had two Karens in one. I said, let me show an anti-Karen. Now, yes, was this anti-Karen aggressive? Yes, but he matched the energy of the Karen. It seems like that's necessary these days. The rise of anti-Karens, we're seeing a lot of this happen, attorney. Yes, and you know she got a taste of her own medicine. Clearly, it's the Karens. It's a power trip, right? And they should remember there's always somebody more powerful than them. And this was a great example of that. You know, do it in front of somebody who actually has some authority, and you know, he definitely put her in her place. And I imagine that waiting room is rather peaceful with him trying to break up any conflicts that might occur. Well said. If my significant other loves me this much, I don't need this love at all. There's a woman who allegedly wanted to spend more time with her boo. So she called in a bomb threat to her boyfriend's job so that he could spend more time with her. Let's put up a picture. Her name is Kaylee Blake. That's Miss Blake. The allegation is that. Miss Blake called Maine State Police and told them she was going to place a bomb at the Puritan Medical Products in Pittsville, Maine. She called again two hours later saying she was going to put four pipe bombs near the facility. State cops got in touch with Pittsville Police as well as Somerset and Penobscot County deputies. They tracked the call. To this, um, to a town of Etna, and they found this woman, Miss Blake, after interviewing people in the neighborhood. Now, 
I have to pause on this moment. Because they didn't know exactly where the call came from. They could track it to a particular community. How in the hell did everybody in the neighborhood know it was her? They knew who it was based on their conversations with neighbors, okay? She faces a count of felony terrorizing and was held in the county jail in lieu of a $1,500 bail. If released, she has to stay away from the company's property and cannot contact them. Um, Adrian, now there's some who will say, hey, that's the kind of love I'm talking about. I don't know who those some are, but I want them to stay very far away from me. You know, the fact that the neighbors knew exactly who this person is, that tells you that she's been up to something before. Like this woman, she's built a little name for herself. And this is something that sounds like it's right up her alley. And I'm dying to know how her boyfriend feels, if he thinks this is flattering or if he's gotten a restraining order. I really don't know, but I definitely want this person to stay very far from me. Yeah. Well, you know, this may this may have been the proof he needs yeah. to know that this woman really loves him. And she's she could be single now, so if anybody's interested <laughs> in this kind of, you know, hey, there you go. There's a book titled This Book is Anti-Racist. It's a children's book. It's an anti-racist book. That book has a school teacher in trouble because parents claim it violates their faith and values. Let's put up a picture of the book. The title of the book, this book is anti-racist. Okay, let's do a deeper dive. The other night a school board in South Lake, Texas voted to reprimand a fourth grade teacher by having the book in her classroom. One board member, Sherry Mills, made this comment before the motion was taken. Here it is. Is there any discussion on the motion? Yes, I would like to let the teachers know if you are worried about teaching school in this school district that you should watch this vote. I want you to know that you are right to be worried by whoever votes yes for this vote. Um, and I would add that I think um, the administration um, did a great job in investigating this and, and trying to work with the family to address the concerns um, related to this matter. And uh, um, I am in, in agreement with the administration's decision. So with that, um, is there any other discussion? We can vote on the motion. All those in favor? All those opposed? Motion carries three to two. A damn shame to reprimand a school teacher for having a book that's literally anti-racist. Let me give you some more background to this. It appears the school administration investigated the parent complaint and decided against, against discipline of the teacher, okay? Right move, there's no issue here. Then the parents appealed to the school board and the 3-2 vote happened, overturned the administration decision. Formally reprimanding the teacher. The parents complaint was not only that the teacher had the book in class, but also how the teacher reacted after the parents complained to the principal. Again, the district investigated and found no reason to reprimand. The parents, they go to the school board 
and they say, "Oh no, this is against our values." The book teaches how to build coalitions, how to connect and not be disconnected. And it does it in the context of child learning. These parents, who I guarantee you have not read one page in that damn book, could care less about bringing people together. What they care about is a political agenda because to them, they will classify everything under critical race theory. And I told you this from day one, they're not banning CRT. They're banning what you just saw, the reality of racism and racial issues in America, even when it's taught in the proper context. Um, sister, it's always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you and check you out. They can follow me on Twitter, AskDinaDoll1. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, all right, the bullpen is next, stick and stay. Don't forget about the conversation coming next. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.